Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming to you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm recording the intro on my phone, as always, because everyone in my house is asleep. But um, the episode was recording on much better equipment. Uh, thanks for coming back and checking out this episode. We have Chris from Scream Hello. Uh, I gotta actually tell you, kind of, this is kind of cool. Um, so, 2008, I was in college, and I would be, I went to Green Mountain College. I was in the library, and I would do my homework on the third floor. That was just where I was always doing like my papers or whatever. And I discovered an album called uh, "Everything Is Always Still Happening" by Scream Hello. I fell in love with that album and um, just really liked it. And then, then I guess we, I found them on Twitter or vice versa. We started following each other and um, some started getting tweets, for, a DM or a tweet, I don't remember. But somehow Chris, who runs the Scream Hello account, start, said he liked my show because he heard I had the uh, Folly guys on who are past guests and one of my favorite bands so then i think he kind of sounds like he did a little bit of a deep dive and he's been listening to so he became a fan of the show and and simultaneously i'm like well i'm actually a really big scream hello fan uh we started talking and then chris came on and became my new bud uh he is the man we were originally supposed to do this in person but then he wasn't able to get to providence for whatever reason but or maybe next time he's up here we'll definitely get coffee or a, or a nice slice of pie of some sort. Uh, Chris is a great guest. I got to shout him out. Scream Hello's new album, uh, This Island Earth, out now. You can stream it. You can purchase it. Bandcamp.com, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, it's really fucking good. I've been listening to the title track obsessively. I've added it at the end of this um, episode. You can also go back to the <laughs> uh, find all their old stuff. And they were recently had a little... Uh, they got a little... Uh, I'm gonna go a shout out, but they're in a, a Scream Hello is in a a comic in one of the Archie comic uh, new comic books. I'm not sure exactly which one. I gotta ask Chris, but I'll have to tweet about that at a later date. But I thought that was really cool. Uh, so yeah, this is a really cool episode. It's like the first time that I was a fan of someone, and then they were like a fan of me, if you would say it like that. But it it felt really cool. It's it's nice. It's funny. to see people finding those episodes that are like three, four years old. So that um, was great. Make sure you check out last week's episode with Tyler Marchant, uh, editor, producer, um, editor for the Unqualified with Anna Ferris podcast, much other great stuff. But more importantly, we talk, he opens up about being bisexual, and that was a really com- really great conversation I'm proud of. And I do want to share one funny story about Chris. Uh, dude, like, asked if he could listen to an unedited version, so I make sure he didn't, like, just take anything out or whatever. I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't even do that, whatever. And he sent me back the most meticulously awesome notes about the episode of, like, cut here, add this if you want. You know, not in a mean way. It was just very, like, someone who's really into it. And he, like, exact times, like, at 37.05.9, can you, if you wouldn't mind, here's an idea, but I don't know, I'm not used to that. I thought it was really cool. Um, I'm rambling. So anyway... Make sure you check them out at Scream Hello on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff, Bandcamp, Spotify. Follow me on all the things at Let's Chat Podcast. As always, we are on the Let's, we are on the Quartet Arts Podcast Network, and uh, let's get to it.
try to find like a weird cut in spot so it's like yeah we were talking you'll never know what it was and it was never important <laughs> yeah and your mom probably doesn't listen to the podcast anyway does she i don't know she has she's been on uh-huh. it but um really a long time ago but i don't know if she does anymore Maybe if it's – I don't think she does anymore, unless maybe it was, like, someone she knew, which doesn't tend to happen often. <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm impressed because I don't think that my mom knows what a podcast is. Yeah, no. I, I have to give my, – my dad hosts a radio show, like a, a college radio show for, like, eight years, like, volunteer at, a, at, a, at Wesleyan University. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's weird. He's been doing it longer in a way. He's, like – Acoustic Blender on 88.1. There you go, Dad, if you hear this. At Wesleyan. He's, like, way into it. So they're, like, they're hip with the tech. They're they're into it. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if they listen to a ton. I mean, they probably know because of me more. And my brother had to, like, show them all that stuff. But, yeah. So your dad does a music show, though, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, like, uh, the way we are about, like, punk rock is the way him and my uncle and aunt are about, like, folk music. But now they're all 60 and, like, rediscovering it in a way. <laughs> Which, mm. and like bluegrass and like the, the st- like yeah it's just funny like he's the way he talks to me is like oh i saw this band at the clearwater festival and then then blah 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 i'm like i i don't know what you're talking about but i i but i get that same passion about music that no one else knows what you're talking about and then finding your tribe that's, or whatever and that's really sweet yeah so it's kind of funny one time that reminds me of a. Uh... Uh, one time I, I took a road trip down to like Southern Virginia near the North Carolina border with a friend of mine and uh, it was for this this fiddle festival that happens out in rural like central South Virginia and when we were down there we met this British couple um, who were you know I guess in, in Britain you can retire um, when you're like in your 50s I guess so so they uh, they worked for 25 years or something and then they retired and they were on a pension. So they were like, oh, we have like the rest of our life to, to do whatever we want. So they started playing uh, like old time music, which is guitar and fiddle music. And they, like, they started playing guitar and started playing fiddle when they were like in their late 50s. And so we jammed with them. Like I, we had our guitars, me and my friends. So we were just playing songs together and stuff. And it was like, you know, they were probably in their late 60s at that point. But they came to the United States uh, to go to a fiddle festival in like Southern Virginia, and they brought their guitars and fiddle. It's so cool. That's yeah. My dad retired so, pretty young because he worked for the state, and he just ended up in some scenario where like they're like retire or else you lose your pension kind of thing. So he was okay with yeah. it, and that's when he started like painting and doing photography, and like all his hobbies just came his life, and you know other adult stuff that he had to do, like you know that take care of his parents and blah 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 blah. But like. Yeah, it's funny when you have time, like what you do with time if you don't have to work a job. And I like my job, but I just would prefer to not do it. <laughs> it's it's almost like you, you work really hard and then you get to spend the rest of your life like doing whatever, like other stuff that you want. You don't just have to like sit and waste away on the couch watching TV or like, like you know, rationing your money so that you don't die in like a poorhouse somewhere. Yeah, it's and, amazing. And I love TV, so sometimes it's well. Hard, well. It and the TV's gotten really good, so sometimes I'm like, maybe I will stay home. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I, I don't, I haven't had a TV since 1999. So, like for um, real? Yeah, I don't have one. Uh, wow. But I, I've heard that TV's really good. Um, what do lately, you do so. all day? Probably happiness. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like go out and look at rainbows, and uh, <laughs> you probably read I, a lot. I, 
I read. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I do calisthenics. You yeah. know, I practice my my scales on my guitar and stuff. Yeah. So there's plenty of things to do. Uh, yeah. My my neighbor my upstairs neighbor uh, friend who I, I we work together and he's my uh, his girlfriend's my landlord but I live below him and he is like he's older than I am and he's just like I only have so much time left on this earth so I just am afraid I'm not going to read all the books so he only is watching Criterion movies and just reading books like upset he's in grad school too so he's reading so much for grad school he's mad that he's not reading for fun so when he's not reading for school he's reading for fun so he just does not watch anything at all. Just like you, so I guess. Like, yeah, he's. It sounds like a very. It's, it, it's like a very grad school thing to do to like be concerned, like to have FOMO about the uh, the, the literature that you're not reading. <laughs> I know, I know, that's so crazy. Yeah. But eventually he'll get he'll get over it and just watch Breaking Bad like the rest of us. I know. Do you like do, do you don't even do like do DVD or anything like that? I'll I'll dabble I'll dabble in a DVD from time to time. Like yeah. I watch The Wire. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the best thing ever. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. So I live in Baltimore, so like of course I had to oh, watch that. Oh, right. Have you gone to the places they filmed? No, no. You you don't you don't want to go. Is there. that really like that? Uh, yeah, there are places in the city that are like that. Wow. Yeah, that, um, that was. There's a lot of blight. It's kind of a shame. Yeah, that was a. Well, I didn't watch it until maybe a few years ago. That was a roller coaster of an experience of a show to watch. Yeah, it's, it's a really well done show. Yeah, it's oh my god. Yeah, I could talk about that for an hour. But we're here to talk about your band's new album. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> well, great segue. <laughs> uh, this Island Earth, which is the EP, is really good. Um, and oh, good. My, um, music criticism for it. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably you guys That's are dying to hear. Criticism that we welcome. Yeah. What happened? So I know, like. It was it was so funny because like I I liked to scream hello, I don't really remember how I was trying to figure it out. I think it was through Let Me Run, but I know I used to listen to it on Pandora a lot. Um, that Gilmore Girls song came up all the time, but I've never watched Gilmore Girls. But I always yeah. your vocal I've always enjoyed your vocals style, like your vo- your vocalist his style, because it always kind of reminded me like a little bit. I had this like tw- twint of like um. Like Archers and Low for like that weird North Car- like '90s North Carolina scene mixed with like the New Brunswick scene, so that's why I loved it. Yeah, the, I think that the the comparisons that we get a lot. So our vocalist is called is named James. J- yeah. Um, and and J- James's vocals get compared to for some reason, um, we get like Super Chunk Archers of Loaf. Yeah, it uh, is. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, definitely a super chunk. I mean, those are the only two bands of that era I really can name off the top of my head, to be honest. Maybe there's someone else I'm not aware of. Like, Love Sick Love, is that one? I don't know. That's a band. <laughs> I think we get, like, um, oh, what's the name of that band? Uh, I can't remember their name. It's a band that I've never listened to, uh, although I've, I think I've seen them a couple of times. Um, but, yeah, uh, he's he's a really good vocalist, and, and I think much of the – much of the um, the positive um, responses that we've got from the new stuff is that, uh, like his his voice sounds like the singing on the record sounds like as good as anything else or better than anything else that we've done so far. And I know that he works really hard uh, on doing that, even though we haven't been a band for like ten years. Yeah. What, so. so what's the story? Like you guys, like like normal, everyone got older, got jobs, had lives, and then you're like, let's do it again. Uh, yeah, I guess kind of, um, you know, we had, so we had, uh, we had been a band 
since like 2003, I guess. Um, and there was a couple of lineup uh, changes uh, in the early parts. Um, and Adam and I joined the band when they were recording, when the when Scream Hello was recording uh, the first record called, um, the hell's it called? Uh, the Infinite Sun. Oh, yeah. I was supposed um, to have all this pulled up, and then I couldn't pull up my browser, so I gave up. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to have this pulled up permanently in my brain because I lived it, but like, yeah. you know. It all melds I, together, I, I, let's be honest. Like anyone from like a punk scene, you're like, ah, I saw this band somewhere at some point at some time doing something, and I know I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and, and so like, uh, long story short, I guess, um, we uh, we recorded the first record and and then started writing for subsequent releases and and you know, went into the studio and recorded those while touring and playing local shows and stuff like that. Pretty, pretty boilerplate, like, uh, like punk band stuff. Um, and uh, eventually by like, uh, you know, a s- series of circumstances and things that are outside of our control and things that were inside of our control, we all kind of just got burnt out like around the same time in late 2008, like around the, t- the time that our full length came out. Um, the, the, everything is always still happening record. Um, and it's like it's a mix, you know. This is pretty typical stuff, like a mix between being like super broke uh, and having to like quit or get fired from your job so you can go on tour, and your van breaks down every other month, and uh, your gear breaks every other month, and blah blah blah. Ugh. So, uh, so ultimately, we we recorded our last stuff um, in two thousand in early two thousand nine. We never played like a last show. Um, we just kind of like we're like, all right, you know, we're, we're kind of done with this. And, and then, uh, you know, James had just finished grad school. Um, I moved to a different country. Um, Danny and Adam got like, like big boy jobs. And, and then we kind of just like did our own thing for a handful of years, uh, because we never did anything on our own for ourselves, like throughout our twenties. Um, and then when I moved back to the East Coast uh, last year, 2016, um, I called everybody up and said, hey, you know, like, do you guys want to play some songs, eat some pizza, play Magic the Gathering? Um, That's wonderful. And, and we did, and then we started writing a new record, and, and, uh, and here we are. No intention to go more with it, just, like, put out a record, maybe play some shows? Uh, yeah, well... I don't think that we can play because I live in a different state um, yeah. and, and you know, we, we get together once a month and, and write and yeah. we don't really have to end with, we don't have like the personal mental or emotional band left to do anything more than that. Um, and, and we don't have any gear anymore and like nobody knows who we are anymore because <laughs> we were such a, we we're such a niche, like little New Brunswick basement and court tavern and like some shows in yeah. New Jersey tour every once in a while. Were you and from so, Jersey? Yeah, I'm from Sussex County. That's I grew up with all you guys. So you grew up with John and Jeff and the gang. Uh, yeah, kind, or, kind of. Re- um, yeah. They went to, where I grew up. There was two regional high schools. Yeah. And I went to, and those boys went to another one. So okay. I, I know them because my my bands from when I was a teenager uh, played with Folly, um, and like all those bands from up there, like. Uh, Shady View Terrace and Squeaky and Flatus and like all those like punk bands from, mm. from North Jersey, from Northwest New Jersey, like the rural Northwest. Um, but uh, 
uh, yeah, before I before I left for college, I spent I spent some time with those guys too. Um, it was fun. It was a good place to, to – you've been out there, right? Yeah, so I, I went to and then worked at a summer camp in Warwick, New York, but literally like half of the property was in Vernon, New Jersey. And like everyone – Yeah, yeah. So I, a lot of the people there from Jersey. So like my only knowledge of Jersey was um, Sussex County for like almost my entire life. I was like, why does everyone shit on it? It's gorgeous. It looks like Vermont. Like it was so yeah. fucking beautiful. And that was just so weird to find out they were from that area, and then like in a roundabout way, just like oh yeah, it all, and then just really connect. And actually, one of the people I went to, a really good friend of mine, was from that same area as that. He ended up knowing them too. Like, was that my friend Ken? So it was like super weird. I was like, oh, so it was like, I think one time we saw them at a ski lodge, but that was like maybe like maybe like oh seven oh eight towards the end of everything. And, a ski lodge in Vernon. Yeah, I forgot what it was called. Yeah. It was like the one time the, they had a uh, show there or something for some reason. It was really fun. It was yeah, real fun. And then, ski lodge, that's so funny. But yes, yeah, so I was like involved in like the scene in Connecticut and can't sing or play or do anything but wanted to. <laughs> and then booked like yeah. a couple shows here and there. But then like, yeah, a lot of the Jersey bands would kind of come up our way. And them and Paulson were the two that like I would, well, I don't know if I would, friendly as friend friends with the folly guys friendly with the pulse some of the paulson guys like they played my school one uh, when i was in college i booked paulson they came up that was really fun so do you know like um paul allen and those kids he's a, a control um, I, he's in like a bunch of he's like gonna been a billion north jersey bands but none of them got really big i don't know i probably know a face i'm more of a, like a face yeah man. yeah yeah and i'm sure there's like it's just such a weird it's small scene so i used to see a lot of those uh, meet like their friends who'd come up or whatever, and then my friends would start going down there. And then after they broke up, Jeff, the guitarist, uh, started dating my friend Amanda from high school, and yeah, now yeah. they're married with a baby and another one on the way. Oh, that's great! Yeah, and they that's met. Awesome. They totally met from the band, but they get embarrassed when I say that, so I bring it up any so, chance so, again. So where you, where you grew up um, in Connecticut was it like now? Maybe this was your experience. I don't know how rural the area that you grew up in was, but when I was growing up in Sussex County, it was uh, it the county seemed so big mm. and like infinite, like the boundaries of it seemed so infinite. And you know, I I remember I you know I used to play in a couple of bands when I was a teenager before I went to college, and one of the bands uh, that I played with um, played a show in Brick, which is all the way down in like Jersey Shore. Oh, okay, like an hour and a half. And it, it like, you know, this is like an hour and a half drive. It's in the same state, but it seemed a world away. It seemed like you could, you can't possibly get any further than this oh, to yeah. my teenage mind. And, yeah. Oh my and, God. you know, when I see these little hall shows, they're like, you know, the joke about Sussex County in New Jersey is that, you know, if you want to go anywhere, it's going to take you 15 minutes to get there. Yeah. Uh, like down the street, it takes you 15 minutes. So like, like my worldview as a, as a young person, when I first started playing was like, uh, you know, because it was so, everything was so rural and and so like you know countryside. Um, it was like the the county was everything. The County was yeah. like yeah. It was it was it was a good place to grow up, but very but you know you never go it, back to live. Very well, I was very sheltered. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. It's like a place. It's a place that shelters you, and and in some ways that's good, in some ways that's bad. But the the wonder that I felt um, when I went to Brick. Uh, and I'll tell you another one. When uh, my, fir- my first band, um, when I was 17, 
I just got my driver's license, and we played a show in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Which oh, is, my wife's uh, uncle lives there. Okay, yeah. so you know where it is. There's, lot, there's oh, like an abandoned zoo. Yeah, just in yeah. case anyone's yeah. wondering, yeah. <laughs> that's all I know about it. If you believe in the existence of Central Jersey, it's like the northern portion of Central Jersey. Yeah. Or southern North Jersey, if you don't believe in Central Jersey. But um, so we drove down there. It's probably about an hour or so, and played with. Uh, we opened the show at some little club uh, for like this this like like a E Town Concrete style rap rock band. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the rap bands. And, uh, and, like, right after we had finished, you know, we were, like, a three-piece punk band, like, a snotty, vocal, kind of, like, high school kids with back patches and stuff, whatever, on their denim jacket. Um, and uh, and, uh, we put, and we, so we opened the show, and there's just a bunch of, you know, hardcore kids with, like, big pants on, ready to start kickboxing and stuff. This is 1997 or 1996. Yeah. And then the, the next band gets on. This is, like, rapcore band. Um and the guy just like lit into us, just was like, "Get this, get this Green Day pop punk shit out of here! It's time for some, time for some real fucking hardcore." And then they start playing, like riffing, whatever. And he starts rapping, and we're just like, "All right, we got to get out of here." <laughs> Dudes are kickboxing, oh my so we're God. just, we're just like, right, we're leaving, like tail between our legs, back to our little rural oh county. Oh my God, that's so fun. Yeah, it was, like, it was, it was truly that like country mouse goes to the big city yeah. and just gets dunked and then has to like turn tail and go back to the country that's too funny a real coming of age story what band was that is it that band that did much or it's just like a high school band yeah like you know i had a bunch of bands that just did like make a demo play some local shows yeah, yeah. and then and then break up start another band that sounds exactly like it with the same guys <laughs> yeah Cheat. different name cut a different demo yeah did you ever listen the to same, um yeah. smacking isaiah but they like they literally they didn't they just changed their name to Oahelm Scream. It's the exact same members in the same band, the same stuff. I had the one sh- I had booked a show like one of the very very few. This is like the one is many many years ago, and their last show of that tour was with us. And they're like, yeah, we're just changing our name, and it was a, the same band, and they're still around, which is crazy. Yeah. Um. Didn't uh didn't the Gaslight Anthem do that? They were used to be. Oh really? Uh. Yeah, I think they were This Charming Man, and then they just changed their name to the Gaslight Anthem with the same people. Oh, I didn't know that. Or maybe it's just one. I think so. Or maybe it was some some other name, but I think that they were they were one of those one of those groups that did that. Somebody asked us why recently why we didn't change our name when we when we uh, started playing and putting out a new record again. Like, why did you keep your same name? Why didn't you change your name from Scream Hollow to something else? And, you know, I, I couldn't think of a good answer to that question beyond the fact that, like, trying to trying to name something, trying to come up with a name for something is the worst part about being in a band. I like the name Scream Hello. I've actually, that's, I always thought that was a cool name. Good. How'd, well, I'm glad. Do you hate it? Because I feel like if you're in the band, you know, like, Billy Joel no, Armstrong I, I, hates the name Green Day. Which, does he? Yeah, he's like, it's a stupid name. I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, when you live with it, it's just different. No, it's fine, and um, uh, it's it's from a line in a Pearl Jam song, obviously. Um, the, the guys, yeah, you know that song. Um, oh, I never put that. Uh, together. The guy James and Danny are big like Pearl Jam fans, and they thought that it would be a good band name, and um, it gave us like this infinite reservoir of stage banter um, when we used to play shows, because 
whenever we'd go to a new town where we were playing in front of a crowd of people that had never heard of us or seen us before, someone would always say, would always scream the word hello, and then we would make fun of that person. Um, that would totally be so, something I would do. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, like, oh, wow, we got a fucking comedian in here. Like, we've never heard that one. What bands like in the um, Court Tavern era are you playing with? I'm not sure of the uh, years if you were there, because my friend Dan Shields was working there. I don't know if you would have... Yeah. If that sounds familiar. I don't know if I know him. Again, like, I'm a fake Yeah, guy, so he I, looks I, like I, everyone in New Brunswick with tattoos. <laughs> yeah, Dan, if you hear that. Well, a handsome young man with tattoos. Um, I think he was working so, there later. Like, I mean, like... I went to see... He was working there when I went there with him, like, maybe three years ago. He might have... That might... He might have been working there, like, years after you were gone, or after the band had ended. Like, he might have been, like, there in, like, the late... Or 2000s. I'm not sure. I'm gonna say... I'm gonna put my time range on Court Tavern playing as 2004 to 2008. Oh, yeah. I don't think he worked there until, like, 2000... We're not 12... 14, 15 or something like that. All right, never mind. Yeah. Because I liked a lot of the bands that came out of New Brunswick, for whatever reason, or just out of there's a lot of yeah. or New Brunswick and then or just New Jersey in general. I just liked a lot of the. Well, we had a lot of bands from Long Island come up, like Connecticut would just be a good place for bands to come up from Long Island or New Jersey because it's just far enough away, but that you can still go home the same day, and a completely different crowd and like they, you know the into the old fashioned like you trade bands like show for a show kind of thing. So we got to see a lot of really cool Jersey bands and get to like hang out with people like before they got big or if ever. But like it was fun. Like I remember like my friend was super into like the first Thursday album, the one before Full Collapse. Um, I was not aware that Saves a Day ripped off Lifetime when I first heard them. I'm sorry, what's that? You weren't aware of that? Their first record is like a Lifetime tribute. By the time I learned about Saves a Day, um, I never heard of Lifetime. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, uh, is like a um, uh, like a staple. Um, if you grew up in the '90s, it's like yeah, uh, oh, bastards, Jersey's best dancers. Uh, that's on everybody's everybody's tape deck. Yeah, I so I, I was like maybe '02 is when it really kind of started. I started finding that world, but at that point too, like you could buy these records in stores, so it was a little bit bigger than people like to say. Like I think you know like. Thursday might have been cracking MTV. The use was getting on the radio. Like it was perkling up on a large. By the time I was aware of it, so like that's what I would like. Music snobs be like, "Saves a day, just ripped off Lifetime." Like I don't know who that is. Well, they're a band that broke up in New Jersey in the '90s, and you're an idiot. I'm like, well, I don't live there, and I'm 17, so can't I just like this album? <laughs> can't I just like Rocktonic Jukes Magic, man? But you know, I saw um. Yeah, Saves the Day was a band that that uh, I think that I heard from like um, I uh, I think that the old drum not um not Anthony the the previous drummer from Folly had the fir- the second Saves the Day record when Through Being Cool first came out um, and and he was and they were just like oh man this rules but simultaneously they're listening to like hate read and nora and like all these other yeah. uh, records and um and uh and i saw them play with uh uh and I, like i thought they were okay i, th- I thought that's through being cool is okay um like it sounded all right um 
and uh, and then I saw them with. Um, uh, do you know that band Farside? They're like a California punk band on Revelation Records. I know the name. I couldn't tell yeah, you the music. So they were, I'm aware of them. They were like one of my favorite, like bo- like bona fide, like without qualifications, like one of my favorite bands. And they put out three full lengths on Revelation, and they did when they put out their last full length, the Monroe Doctrine. They came around and played a couple of shows in New Jersey, uh, at the Wayne Firehouse One, and at Melody Bar in New Brunswick. Um, this is like '98 or '99. Um, and they they toured they co-headlined with uh, with Saves the Day like through being cool um, era I think so they only had the first record that sounds like Lifetime and then through being cool it sounds like them yeah um, and and I saw them both nights and at both of those shows and the first one you could tell which band was hyped and which band was like over the hill so like the first night Farside played first and saves the day played second of the head of the co-headlining but the second night at melody bar uh saves the day played first and then everybody left and Farside played after that for like 30 people oh. and i was it pissed me off so much i was just like oh these people don't realize like Farside is one of like the mo- the best bands like so tuneful so like uh just everything everything that you like about about like melodic mid-tempo non-shouty uh hardcore you know post-hardcore mm. whatever that's encapsulated in that record it's like it has it has uh, uh like whiffs of emo and like some of like 90s emo like the promise ring type stuff and like the, that midwestern stuff and then like whiffs of like the west coast hardcore and it just it it aggrieved me so much that people were leaving after saves like the hype band saves the day um and missing out on like this amazing stuff from far side that I never listened to Saves the Day again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, this year, or maybe last year, I listened to Through Being Cool again, and it's much better than I ever gave her credit it, for. I really, it's really I good. Very much love it. Do you? I, it is really catchy. I, I like. I mean, I'm sure I don't know about everyone else. Like, I feel like I like kind of dipped out of the music world for a while, and then kind of been rediscovering stuff again the last few years. So like. There's probably sadly there's a period where I was only listening to the same music from like a ten year period, which I I'm not super super into it as much as I used to be, but like I've been especially with Spotify, I've been really pushing myself to like listen to different things. But are are you into like the third wave emo stuff at all? I guess that's what's called the the, um, the new emo. Are we? We should just call it the Philadelphia emo. Yeah, all right, the Philly emo. I don't know a ton about it, but like um like do you ever go on like um washed up emo at all like that site or podcast yeah i listened to that podcast yeah, so it's pretty tom was on here like a long time ago it's super nice dude and that was like kind of sparked i found that site and it kind of sparked my interest and like and so he, yeah. i i love that that he made like a playlist that i really like and that on spotify i was like oh so and then like through that site i started listening to more of some of the newer bands that i had ignored <laughs> Yeah, well, when I was so like after we stopped doing the band, I moved to uh, like I moved to a different country. What country did you live in? I lived in Argentina. Awesome. Yeah, and then and then when I moved back, I I like you know got got my old job back. I used to work as an archaeologist, which is part of the reason why um, I couldn't. I couldn't. That's awesome. No, no. Way to bury Um, the lead. 
<laughs> Sorry. I've never actually met a working archaeologist. Everyone I've ever known who's gone to school for archaeology is like a barista. <laughs> well, I've never I've never worked as a barista. Yeah, so, I have. It uh, sucks. Um, I, I can... Oh, does it? Yeah, it's all right. Um, well, I mean, steaming milk sounds really interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I've never, I've never done it before. I don't know how it works. But... So, what? Um, can we? Are you? Can we talk about archaeology for a second? Because I don't think I've ever talked to. What did you like? It's basically Indiana Jones, correct? You're fighting Nazis. Yeah. Exactly identical. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, it's exactly like. Um, so yeah, p- fighting Nazis. Um, and not taking any notes about anything. So I'll go into an archaeological site, I'll just crap <laughs> I'll stick stuff in my bag, and then I run. And then That's what archaeology is. Never be able to be like, hey, what's this? I have no fucking clue. You should really look into it. But it's made of gold, and, I'm, and I punched the Nazi to get it. Um, and so, you know, and I had, there's some magic, whatever. Um, so did you meet any Nazis no, in Argentina? I... I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. Um, no, they're in New Jersey. Uh, Just kidding. All right, we're gonna cut some of that up. They're, no, not. they're everywhere now. <laughs> I know. No, I just I love Archer, so they always have so many Nazi references. If you watch Archer, oh, I'm sorry, you don't watch television. Never mind. Ignore that part. <laughs> but it's a very good cartoon if you ever have a moment. Um, but like, so what kind of digs? Like, are you doing like um, their archaeology? I don't know much about it. So how about you talk? <laughs> okay. Um, so the short version is like archaeology in the United States is basically like. Uh, like prehistoric, uh, so like early Native American, which has a couple of different flavors depending on what region you're in. So I worked exclusively in the Mid-Atlantic region, mm. um, from like southern New York to northern Virginia and out as far west as like the Ohio River Valley in Pennsylvania. So all like there's a lot of different you know micro cultures and micro environments within that region, but um, in general like they they all have the same. Uh, they all use the same types of, uh, uh, like quarry the same types of stone in order to make like stone tools. Um, and they had the same, they had like pretty well-known trade routes. And because of the early colonial nature of the Eastern part of the United States, especially the Northeastern part of the United States, there's a colonial ru- ru- uh, written documentation of the, the colonists' interactions with the Native Americans. So there's some written component to it, um, and then there's the the colonial uh, portion. So like basically anything after the mid 1600s in this part of the country, from the Dutch to the English to you know the Swedish mm-hmm. to whomever. And so like you know in New Jersey, New Jersey has a pretty rich history because they're a part of they were one of the original 13 um, plus like the Native American component, the prehistoric component. So. Um, my, my job is basically, was basically, I don't work as an archaeologist anymore, but, um, my job was basically like, you know, go to sites, uh, dig them and do as much recording as humanly possible. Uh, so we're taking notes, we're taking photos, we're drawing maps and we're collecting artifacts, bagging, tagging provenience, like from where they came. Um, and we're taking samples of charcoal to do C14 dating, carbon dating, or, you know, there's another kind of dating called op- optically stimulated luminescence, which is OSL dating, um, in order to, to try to see how old the site is. Hmm. Um, and basically, it's it's just a, a regulatory compliance industry before if somebody wants to put a Best Buy in in Munaki and there's an archaeological site there, then archaeologists come in, they do all the cultural remediation, and then the bulldozers come in afterwards. Oh. So. 
so it's all about development. So, you know, my, I started in 2007, um, like pretty much right after I finished college. Uh, and um, it was right when the economy like went like deep in the shitter. Mm. Uh, so there was a little bit of a, of a lag between when, when the, the development industry started sagging and then when our industry, the archaeology, it's cultural resource management, but when the archaeology industry started sagging as well. Um, so I think I got out right at the right time before stuff started getting really bad in that field. Mm -hmm. But it, it was super interesting, and that's how I got into, um, that's how I got interested in, like, I'm, I work as a geologist. I'm a professional geologist. Mm. And, and so I got interested in geology vis-a-vis -vis working in archaeology. Um, and a lot of my best friends, you know, from doing that. But it requires a lot of travel, which is like, you know, this is another thing that wears on the person when they're in a band. Like, I, I would always travel to these sites wherever they were, and I'd have to dig them for weeks and weeks and stay in a hotel, live in hotels for months and months at a time. So you can't really book your life or do anything or plan anything if you have this this type of job. So that was a big part of the impetus to get out of it. Mm -hmm. But um, So I think the original question that you had asked me was, uh, uh, like, a after I s we stopped doing the band, um, had I, had I like, checked out of the music scene, and what am I listening to now? That was like an hour ago. Good memory. Yeah, you should, okay. You should host a podcast. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should. Because literally well, anyone could do it. <laughs> Yeah, what the world needs right now is another, another white guys. More white guys. I, 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 yeah, you know, I, I it's funny because I've talked to like people like that were like my punk rock heroes on here that I never thought in a thousand years would happen because there's no reason I'm like just average dude. I'm like, oh, all right. No, no, no. But, but you, have, you have a platform, so now you're famous. Now people yeah. want to talk to you. Yeah, it's not that true, but yes. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm listening to. Um, I have a I have a, a friend old friend of mine who is still uh, playing. Uh, my friend is called, is named Lauren, um, and Lauren is the the front person for uh, this band called War uh, Warriors. Warriors. Not not like warriors like warriors come out and play. Yeah, it's War with an O. I so, feel like I've seen them. They play with like the Scandals or whatever, and that yeah word, they're, yeah they're, yeah. They're on tour right now with like uh, uh, the Wonder Years, yes. Tiny Moving Parts, Tiger's Jaw. Yeah, they're playing on tour. Okay, I do know um, who that band is. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Warriors uh, are awesome. Um, I, I'm like a ride or die for any of my old punk rock pals from uh, you know the mid aughts. So uh, so Lauren. Uh, the new War uh, Warriors record that came out, I think, early this year or, or late last year, rips. It's such a great record. Uh, Lauren's songwriting is amazing. Uh, Lauren's always been the type of person that The Measure was a New Brunswick band mm. that we played with a lot. Um, Lauren fronted that band. Okay. Uh, and the songwriting has always been like super tuneful, but still... And, and kind of reminds me of like the phrasing kind of reminds me of like John K. Sampson from the weaker than. Okay. Oh, cool. If you remember today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with like a little bit more 
a little bit more like Ramonesy type pep to the riffs. Um, great band. So so my first recommendation, a number one, uh, Warriors. If you can, if they're coming to your city or your town. Definitely go see. Yeah, definitely. I've um, seen that name and like not as I'm starting to more explore, but I will jump on that. Um, Mikey Erg is still playing. Yeah, uh, right. He's on the Chris Gethard show. We used to play with the Erg sometimes. Oh, in crazy. New Brunswick, another New Brunswick band. Um, so we play uh, played shows with them at He's the Fort Tavern. New, Gethard's a New Brunswick guy too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that that our paths had, had ever crossed, but he went to Rutgers around the same time yeah. that we all did. There's always so, like um, a few comedian punk rock comedians. Are you like the only punk rock uh, geologist slash archaeologist that you know of? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's probably Shit, a really I'm... small niche thing that you're in, like digging, listening to like Bane <laughs> or something. Maybe we can we can throw it out to your listenership if they know any um, archaeologists who like punk, punk rock. Punk rock. Geologists or archaeologists who who've played with Bane before. Yeah. If you if your band is with Bane, then then and you're a geologist, then send us an email so or whatever. Have you ever thought of doing a Scream Hello um, concept album about geology? And uh, what you could uh, what was I'm trying to think of a good name for it. I had it in my head and I lost it. <laughs> Instead of everything is always still happening, it could be like nothing isn't ever hap- going to. I don't know all the opposite words. Joke landed. What if, what if we already uh, did? What if everything is always still happening? Is a geology concept album? Is it, oh god. You ever think about that? No. Well, I mean, this island Earth would make more sense because Earth is rock, possibly. Have you ever seen that movie, This Island Earth? No. You should you should watch uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Did a, the new like one a, or the old one? A, the old one. Oh, yeah. It's, so This Island Earth is a, a movie from the late 1950s or early 1960s. Um, it is really, really shitty. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like in a really funny way, and mystery, and it's it's so it's so slash good slash bad that Mystery Science Theater 3000 did a riff on it, um, which is amazing. So I think it's on YouTube. You can find it. Awesome. Um, so so like as a there's no like secret if you sync up. The, the the record with the movie and started at when the lion roars the third time or something like Dark yeah. Side of the Moon. It's nothing like that. Yeah. But like if you if you listen to the record and then you watch This Island Earth, you'll like the record will make you feel good because it sounds it's like it's supposed to make people feel good. Like that's the point of of the band is like you listen to our music and it makes you feel good. And then you watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 do a riff on This Island Earth and that's will make you laugh. And then you've had a really good afternoon if you do that. That sounds awesome. Are you guys aware that you uh, wrote a song and sampled um, somebody from the Marvel Universe? Uh, did we? Did we? James Gunn. Because on the that uh, what's the song? I forgot. I'm sorry. The the song about the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. The guys like you have impeccable taste. That's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Which guy? Um. Not yet, like Yondu's right hand man. No shit. Yeah, because his brother's the director, James Gunn's brother. It's like he's like he he's the guy. So I like to give you guys credit for his entire career. Wow, that's brilliant! Excellent. We should take. send him a song. Yeah. Yeah, we should send him a song. Who was the Gilmore fan? I've actually never watched it, but I would like. I've heard it's very good. Uh, Danny and James used to used to 
uh, watch that show all the time. Um, you should submit it to the really podcast for... Gilmore Guys. Oh, man, I guess there's a podcast for everything, huh? There really is. It's And that one's like kind of popular. I've never yeah. listened to it. but Maybe... Maybe I'll give him a shout. You know that this is my first podcast I've ever No done. way. Way. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, Mine yeah. too. I'm, I'm, ha- <laughs> I'm happy because, like, I, I, I like your podcast. Oh, thanks. I like, your, I like how your intros come from the cat cave. Yeah. That's why I keep looking <laughs> to the left because I'm waiting for my two cats to scream at each other. So I'm like, Ugh, always trying to stop them to fight. What kind of cats do you uh, Black and signs? white and then a gray mixed thing. I don't know their breeds. Danny, all... Danny's, a, Danny's a cat man, oh, yeah. and he had, a couple, he had a pair of Siamese cats, and they would just yell at each other all the time. Yeah, my my, bl- were... my black and white cat is like part Siamese. Someone told us because of like I get, I don't know why uh, her ears or something. So she talks a lot, like Siamese talk, and the other one's like a like a a, a garbage cat. They would call it like someone I know's cat had kittens from an outdoor cat got kittens, so it's just a mixed breed. Garbage cats need love. Uh, they're just like so it. cute. I bet. I bet. Can I ask? I was how... never a cat. Oh yeah. So good. I want to hear you say about cats. I was never a cat man until I met Danny's cats. Danny's cats were so so awesome. Yeah. Oh, they are. I'm now. My wife wants to get a dog, so that we might become dog people pretty soon, in the near future. Are you gonna ask the cats how they feel about that? Well, so we got we had one cat, and then we got another cat like five years later, and that was really hard. And then I read online afterwards that it's easier to introduce a dog to a cat than a cat to another cat. So I'm like, oh, we already did the hard work. So I guess, right, and if it's online, it's got to be true. yeah on cats.com. So yeah. and our friends a veterinarian and told us that too. So I I had it sourced for real. I was like, oh, like his dogs and cats don't really give a shit about each other. Like in nat- the, the idea that they're like natural born enemies isn't really real because they don't really coexist anywhere. Like it's just they're not. It's just not like a thing. It's like more of a cartoon. So I'm sure they hate each other just because like they're predators or whatever. But like cats and dogs don't generally live side by side anywhere else. Have you ever Googled uh, cat bite? No, I will. By chance? What is it? No, don't. Okay, never mind. Well. well Okay, do, but not after you've been bitten by a cat. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much daily. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, if you Google cat bite, it's basically, you know, just like anything else, uh, the only time that people Google something like that is after they've been bitten by a cat. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, like, the first returns on Google are, like, uh, if you've been bitten by a cat, like go to the emergency room, you might lose your arm. Like, and then it's some it's some horror story with photos of some woman who was bitten by her cat and got sepsis or something, and like her fucking arm was like the like it got elephantitis of the arm, oh and it's God. yeah, it's it's bizarre. And like, of course, you know, I know this because I was bitten by my my roommate's cat once, and I googled because it started itching and swelling oh, up, wow. and then. It's, yeah, but you know, I didn't lose my arm. I didn't have to go to the hospital. Nothing a little. Uh, it's nothing a little. Soap and water can't really take care. Yeah, but you know, you know how the internet is. Yeah, you always have cancer, and you're Hitler. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, yeah right. So, right. Can I ask you? How did you find the show? Because you messaged me on Twitter, and it was so crazy. Because I was like. Um, I really liked your band probably like 08 was when, when I was in college listening to the everything is always still happening like a fuck ton I listened to that thing probably like a hundred times like I was just so into it 
and then it was so weird because I was following you guys on Twitter. I was like, I wonder if they would ever come on. And then just like, and then like the show kind of almost didn't exist for a year. And then um, you messaged me. I'm like, I don't think he knows I actually like this band. This is really weird. <laughs> it was like the first time that I was a fan of someone who actually liked my show. So it was kind of crazy. Oh, good. Well, I, I heard your I heard your old interview with John. Um, Did you just find out? Like, were you just typing in Folly on iTunes or something? Because I do that sometimes. I just type in bands I, I like. Yeah, I don't know how it came across my radar, but um, well, thank you for listening. Yes, somehow that's all. Yes, somehow it got served up to me, and that's so and, crazy. And uh, and like I listened to um, uh, so like here's a little you know behind the scene when when we first started when we first started um uh, play, playing again I realized that I I hadn't. I had like completely checked out and hadn't been listening to anything. So I was, I was kind of just like, I wonder what's going on. I wonder what's going on in the world. And, you know, for the time when I was, uh, mostly, um, consuming media, it was, it was like, you know, I, I went to grad school. You can't do anything in grad school except yeah. like work, you know, and, and whatever. So like the whole media landscape has changed since the last time that I started paying attention to it. Yeah, and oh so I was, all right, I'm, I'm going to find some podcasts about music because oh, I listen to, to news and I listen to, to, you know, culture and politics and like all this other stuff. So, um, so I'm, I'm just like, okay, if I'm getting my true crime and my news and my whatever from podcasts, like why not? And, and like humor or whatever, why not? Uh, like find out what's going on in, in, in music when I'm just sticking my head back into the scene and finding out, uh, who, what bands are good. Um, and, and like started a Twitter account for the band and like, who, you know, I, I don't know any of these people. I don't know where, where, where all of the people I know are anymore. Um, cause you know, when we used to play in the band, it, it was MySpace yeah. thing Damn. to use, you know? So, uh, I, um, my, my brother's friend, Ronnie has a, has a podcast. Ronnie from uh, Epic Dudes. Yes. Oh yeah. I know them. Just from Sussex County. Yeah, I know Ryan. They've both been on here, and I've been on there. I like, I love those dudes. Ronnie and Brian are awesome. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were on way back when. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. I I know. I follow him on Instagram. He's got like a adorable little baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that baby like a month. Oh, ago. that's so crazy. And uh, yeah, I I I knew Brian a little more in real life. So that's how I heard about Epic Dudes from like Folly. He used to come to Connecticut with Folly a lot. And then Ronnie was – when we were doing our podcast a few years back, he ended up – like I had a friend of mine I knew from Sussex County who like who took his life, and he, he ended up – his name was Ken Whale, and, and like Ronnie like went to high school with him. I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, I love those dudes. They're super nice. Uh, what a small world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, That's, like it's, it is it the smallest. Sense. It's literally the smallest. So, uh, yeah, yeah. so I'm trying to find – and like, you know, I got washed up emo – um, I listened to another pod, podcast called If You're Listening, which is, um, uh, which is enter entertaining um, for like a couple different reasons, uh, and just trying trying to find out something about about music, and and I guess you know through through happenstance um, I found yours, and I, I thought it had a good like some of my favorite podcasts are non-scripted kind of conversational. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's all I know how to do. But yeah, that's the one I listen to yeah. mostly. Yeah, and because they they feel like, um, like like you're letting the listener into your living room, or you're yeah. letting 
Well, the, you're just inviting someone into the cat cave or whatever. I'll let you right? know a little um, secret though. It is, um, I have a script in my head before I record with people, and I try to, but I, I let it kind of veer off and go a certain way. But I, I usually I have a list written out of like five or six points I want to hit, because I used to be like, oh, let's just go yeah. in fresh and you'll find it. And like, that's just lazy. You actually fucking need to do a little research and know who you're talking to and make it so natural. And it, it, I mean, it's very natural. And I already like your band, so but so it's it's yeah. I I think your podcast sounds very natural, and um so so let let me just check the temperature here. Like, where are we in terms of the number of points that you laid out and the number of points that we've touched on? Uh, uh, how much do we have left? Well, because we talked about it on Twitter, I felt like I already knew you, so so I was like, all right, I just listened to your band all day and read some reviews about. I read some stuff online. Okay. So I was like, oh, we're, that's good. Yeah, I, hit, I think I hit everything. Except I didn't know about the archaeology stuff. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I tend to, on the on the, um, the personal, or on the, I guess on Twitter or whatever, I try to be more representative of the band um, <laughs> than than of my own, like, personal life or whatever. Like screaming so, about uh, plot holes of Indiana Jones. Yeah, or... Uh, <laughs> Like, you know, something that's a little bit more on brand for the band is like, you know, eating slices of pizza or complaining about baseball because yeah. we're all like big fans yeah. and stuff, which I know you're not like a big sports fan. No. Um, oh, it reminds me, um, you, you, I, I heard you mention in one of the podcasts that I listened to that you have a cousin that's in a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, Red Fang. Uh, Oh wait, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, my cousin Sarah is, was in a band called Unwound. Yeah, I saw them in like 2001. Really? Yeah. No um, way. I had a, had a no roommate. one ever knows who they are. Yes, I had a roommate who was really into um, uh, Sonic Youth. Yeah, they toured with them. I think I, I, I don't. I was probably too small. My parents went to go see uh, Unwound and Sonic Youth in Boston when I was a kid. And, cool. and bring me. Yeah. It, was all there. it was very loud. <laughs> I just saw her yeah, a couple Son- months ago. Sonic Youth was always a band that uh, that was like a little bit too, like, um, like I, I'm I'm not like a square in terms of like song structure and and stuff, but like I like some. I like some of it. I can't do Sonic Youth. It's, it's just, yeah. It's like Grateful Dead to me. <laughs> Well, Grateful Dead has song structure. I mean, that uh, um, Fish, that's the band I fucking hate. Yeah, that sounds like cartoon music. I just, like I can't carnival. do it. I can't. And I respect people who like it, but I just don't do it. No, fuck it. I, I, I don't, I don't respect people who like it. Yeah, maybe we do the right. Yeah, she's, um, <laughs> she's still playing music, I think, a little bit. Wasn't she? A few, maybe, oh, it was probably like four years now. She was out doing like a little tour in this area with, um, what band was that? I don't even remember, but it was her and a guitarist. Hungry Ghost. That's I don't. I, she just she, I think she mostly does stuff mostly uh, Pacific Northwest and the like California. And she was torn with um, Corinne Tucker for a little while as well. Oh, Corinne from uh, Sleater Kenny. From Sleater Kenny. They were like really good friends. The Sleater Kenny crew. A little fun fact for anyone uh, listening. Um, so my cousin Sarah's son Nico, who's now like six, he is in an episode of Portlandia. So if you ever watch the episode, I think it's first season when they're like freaking out because someone has a dog tied up and they're like, who, I don't know if you ever saw that one. Oh, 
sorry, don't watch TV. But it's a, it's, I can forget. But it's a very famous show. But it's, but there's like a really famous skit and like they're freaking out over like um this dog being freaked up um tied up because they're animal rights activists. And at the end of it, they walk over and there's a baby tied up, and that's my baby cousin Nico at the time, because she, yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have, I have an. Uh, so yeah, I, I saw them at Maxwell's in Hoboken. Oh, I, in, like the one that place the one time I went there. Yeah, I think it closed. Yeah. Um, I think it did. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I haven't been forever. I went to but... Follies like one of the last Follies shows was there, or was it or, or Paulson or reunion show? No, I think it was a Folly reunion. I, I think it was Folly. It would have, yeah, no, it was one of the last Folly shows. And that, the first time they broke, they broke up, and they did like five weekends of shows. Mm. And then one of them was Maxwell's. Yeah, all right. And I remember, I couldn't mosh or get into it because I had a job interview like the next that Monday, and I didn't want to get a black eye. And it was that first time in my life I was like, I can't break anything. I don't have insurance. <laughs> And like I couldn't. Chris, are you like a super violent washer or something? No, but I'm pretty clumsy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I one time stage dive at. I don't know if you ever played the Empress Ballroom in Connecticut. It's like a really high staged, and I missed the crowd and landed on my head and bled pretty bad. <laughs> like I totally like jumped and like just missed the crowd completely, and like people got my legs. And just, boom! Yeah. It was my friend Andy from uh, Flaming Tsunami. No, it's Ethan from uh, Flaming Tsunamis. It was at a Melt Banana Folly Big D show. It was really fun. That's a ska show. Yeah, it was like a ska show. It was awesome. Wow. You busted your head. At a ska show. Yeah. I love ska. Just for everyone knows that. That's amazing. Yeah. So I saw a ska band play last night. Oh, I saw your tweet. Who'd you see? Um, the band was called The Captivators. Okay, I, don't, I gotta learn um, new ska. And they were, well, I, they were like a, they were kind of older, older fellas. Um, but they were opening uh, a record release show for this this band called red hair, like H A R E, like the rabbit. Um, and, uh, who are like, you know, members of, of blue tip members of Swizz, members of, uh, Redisonic and members of dag nasty and stuff. Oh, damn. So all these, yeah, like classic, uh, like discord records era, DC, um, kind of powerhouses. And they were doing a record release show. And because I live in, in Baltimore, like it's only an hour, but, you know, like, it's the equivalent of living in New Jersey and going into New York for a show. Yeah. Like I can drive into DC, and so uh, it was great, man. They were they were really good. Um, I'm I'm, pre- I'm pretty pumped about some of the stuff that I'm seeing, um, it, like playing, or uh, like some of the shows that I'm seeing, some of the bands that are touring and whatever. Um, like there's a lot of good music around. When I was in grad school, I went to one show. It was uh, I went to go see Laura Stevenson because she played down the street from my house. And she was on Joe Steinhardt's label, uh, uh, Don Giovanni. Joe is like a New Brunswick guy. Um, yeah, I've heard that and, label name. I think maybe he was on Going Off Track or something. I feel like I've heard his name. I've heard her as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Laura. Uh, yeah, that's another podcast I listen to. They're, that's pretty good. Benny Benny's on that one. Yeah. I found that one from Benny. Yeah, um, I've been. I know so many people who know him. I've tried to get him on here so many times and just, I don't know. I never get like a good contact for him or one day. Cause like Steven and Jonah have come on and that was like huge. Brad said he would do it and then kind of backed away at the last minute. He's like, nah, I don't want to talk. And it was nice. Yeah. Basically the whole reason yeah. you start a podcast is just to talk to the people you listen to podcasts on that you think are cool. <laughs> that's, how it all, yeah. that's really how it all started. 
Yeah, I love that. Those guys are that's a really good show. So um, to wrap it up, awesome. Thanks for coming on. And where could people like uh, find you online and the new record? Um, you can find the new record and all the old records on Spotify and Bandcamp. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Scream Hello, um, which are tweets from me, um, sometimes about Danny, sometimes about pizza, usually not about politics, um, and, and, you know, some strange opinions about, uh, you know, Lord Ezek from Crown of Thorns or whatever. Um, you'll get a variety. And, uh, and we're also on Facebook, but I don't think anyone ever looks at that. Who looks at Facebook anymore? I'm bleeding mine. It feels great. But awesome. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. And I'll let you know before it goes up. And it's, um, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Great. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you.